Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back on the Rob Dibble Show with Ben Darnell on your afternoon drive. Joining us on the Harvey Building Products Hotline. One of the best in her business has been for a long time. Reporter for MLB.com, Allison Footer joins us. Allison, how are you? Hopefully safe. I am, Dibs. I hope, I hope the same for you. Oh, we're good. We're good. We were out at the Travelers. They kept us away from the players. We were in the parking lot. So they, they made sure we were way away from everybody. we got to get used to that, right? That's oh, yeah. going to be a little way of life for a while. <laughs> yeah. uh, where are you at right now? Are you in Cincinnati or in Houston? I am in Houston. All right. Well, let's let's start with everybody coming back and and trickling in to try to start camps and things like that. What are you hearing? Um, are teams expecting some of the players to come back and and you know test positive? Um, I get asked this a lot, so I'll ask you. What about you know the the players coming in from other countries? Are, are is anybody nervous about uh, players returning from the, the Latin American countries, Asia, et cetera, and and what might happen there? Yeah, I think that. Um the players are—they're giving them a lot of time. I mean, they're—you know—the the workouts are going to start in the next few days, but there's going to be a lot of leeway to guys, especially trying to get into the country. Um, to answer your first question, they're—they're they're anticipating several positive tests. I think just going on sort of what's happening in the country, just among you know normal citizens, um, and some of the testing that's already been done, and that we've seen positive tests popping up, and teams have already been reporting that. So I think teams are kind of bracing themselves. I, I've been hearing that's why the schedule hasn't been released yet uh, because they're they're kind of want to gauge exactly what's going on and, and if you know how many guys are going to be able to actually start training on time so there's a lot going on there i think as far as coming in from other countries i don't think logistically it's going to be difficult um because i think the united states is the one is the one country that other countries don't want us going there but coming back i think it's going to be fine uh but it is a matter of just trying you know from a time standpoint just you know giving everyone enough time to get back allison when we were out at travelers it was the first athlete who has tested negative went back to the hotel felt funny after playing a round of golf came back told the pga felt funny got retested tested positive and then withdrew from the tournament now in between the actual tournament site in that little bubble these players have to go outside that bubble to actually sleep and live a little bit of their life. And that is where we are all concerned of people picking up positive tests or picking up the coronavirus. Now, you are in Houston. And on our knowledge, you are living like we were living back in April 1st. And things have taken a turn for the worse there in that city. What are the plans or what can you tell us that you know of, at least from the Houston Astros perspective in that city, the in-between for the players getting to the facility, where will they be staying? How are they going to keep corona-free outside of the Houston Astros venue? Oh, man, I wish you could have been on our Zoom call with the owner and GM and Dusty the other day because those would have been great questions to get answered. I have no idea. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know how they're going to keep these guys um, 
safe. I don't, I don't know. I, it's really scary what's going on because they're not playing in a bubble like the NBA, and there aren't punishments for not adhering to the guidelines, to not be going out uh, and being among the people. It's, it's actually not technically against the rules. It's just they're asking you not to do it. So it's really scary. Yeah, like you said, I mean, what's going on in Houston right now? And, you know, I'm trying to be objective about this. I'm trying to look at this clear-headed. But, I mean, when we had all in one day in Houston, we had this Zoom call with the GM owner and manager. And then the same day, the Houston hospitals are reporting 97% capacity in their ICUs. And so I'm, you know, and, and you have the owner of the Astros saying that he wants fans to be, you know, coming into the stadium. And you have the governor of Texas saying that, you know, stadiums can be at 50% capacity. So this is all, like, really scary right now, what's happening. Wow. And I don't know what to make of it other than sit on my couch and not move. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame you. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't – you know, guys will have – that live here anyway will have their homes. And then guys that don't will be renting places. And I – you can you – can, sterilize a room and you can fumigate it and it can be pristine. But when you get somebody that walks in there with this virus and they start breathing, then all bets are off, right? Like you just said, the, the golfer that goes and is fine. And then the next day he's not fine. So this is all just, I think a tightrope. I think baseball realizes this may work. This may not work. And we're just kind of all holding our breath. But I, I don't know what's going to happen in Houston. It's, it's very, very frightening right now. What are, what are the Ranger owners saying? I know Jim Crane is saying, well, we got to have, you know, fans so we can, you know, get back some of our money and sell some beers and stuff. You know, what is the other Texas ownership group saying? And, um, you know, is their state, new stadium outdoors or does it have a dome on it too? It's got a retractable roof. Okay. Um, and actually, I think that the Rangers are probably um, a little more exasperated with them, even more than the Astros. They – they're they're 100% on board with having fans in the ballparks. They they had their um, their employees go back to work in middle of May on a voluntary basis, and then five weeks later in the middle of June had everybody going back on a non-voluntary basis. And they just I don't know if you saw the article. It came out late Friday night. It was already out of the news cycle by late Saturday. Um, that a bunch of uh, employees tested positive for COVID. They're sick. And, they, and they're terrified about what this is going to mean for their families and spreading this around. And they're actually scared to go to work. And they would prefer that the offices not be open. So, And then you've got the Rangers saying that, you know, we, we want fans in the stands. And so it's really they're just following kind of what the government is allowing. And I can't imagine that at the end of the day, Rob Manfred is actually going to let fans come in the stands when the season first gets underway. I think maybe you start off with no fans, and then as time goes on, maybe you, you, know, you reassess in September and see if there's a way to get some people in the ballpark. But right now, I don't see it happening. One thing Dibs is finding coaching his kids out there at the Smash Factory for baseball, and the thing that I notice in golf, just playing you know, in a public course, it's really hard to break these habits. And when, you're not, when you've been doing something your whole life, whether it is just spitting, playing baseball, or helping somebody out with their club that they left on the green you can't do that stuff anymore for a major league baseball player to try to curve his habits was any of that discussed on that zoom call or what are major league baseball's uh, i guess strategy on trying to curve those little habits that seem unbreakable yeah and that's going to be the spitting i think is going to be the the most interesting part um it's such a it's just an innate 
kind of action, right? I mean, they, most players have said they don't even realize they're doing it. Right. And they don't really do it in other facets of their life. It's only when they're on the baseball field. And so my worry is not that guys are going to be defying the orders. My worry is that they're not even going to realize they're doing it. And um, I was in Japan with the Major League, uh, the Goodwill Tour a couple off seasons ago. And if you look at the Japanese dugout, it's pristine and clean at the end of the game. It looks exactly like it does at the beginning. You look at the Major League dugout, it is a disaster. It's disgusting. (laughs) So it is possible to not have those habits during games the sunflower seeds, the tobacco, all the, the gum. It's possible to not engage in that. But with these guys, I, you know, they're, they're, I think they're going to have to be patient and start reminding, hey, buddy, you just spit. It's, you know, I don't know if it's going to work. I know you talked to, you know, Jim Crane, you talked to Dusty, and, and Dusty says it's up to us and our trainers to take care of that. I, I find the same thing. It's up to me to look at my 9- and 11-year-olds and be like, don't put your hand in your mouth, and if you do, you're coming over here, I'm going to wipe your hands off. Don't touch the ball after you touch your mouth. I mean, it, 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 it is something to get used to that, but I think they can. I'm more worried about their extracurricular stuff. Some of these guys are not going to want to stay in the hotel. Some of the younger players that may be single are going to be like, I want to go out and, and have a drink. And that seems to where a lot of people are getting tripped up right now, going to bars, being even at the outside portion of a bar. A lot of people are getting sick in Florida, uh, California, and they're shutting them down again. Is that something that Rob Manfred is going to stress? Listen, guys, you, you, you've got to be aware of, of how badly you can infect the team if you come down with Corona. You would think so. And I think it's really going to come more down to the, the uh, leaders of the team. It's going to come down to the managers. Um, it's, it's scary to think that Dusty Baker is probably the highest risk person in our game. Um, so if there's any incentive to following the rules, maybe it would be to, to keep Dusty safe, but look what's happening now. I mean, just my colleagues and my, I'm not, not my friends in my personal life, but like my colleagues, my work colleagues, I mean, a lot of them are, have not changed their lifestyle at all since this whole thing started. Uh, they're going to restaurants, they're hanging out, they're having parties, whatever's going on. Um, and so that's just, that's just that group that I know of. So if you're talking about players who have been largely not really paying much attention to this, and now they're going to be expected to completely reverse course, it's, it's questionable if it's going to work. And I believe that 85%, 90% of these guys are going to adhere to the rules, but you need 100%. You have to have 100% participation, and I think that's a pretty lofty goal. What are your thoughts on these taxi teams or JV teams or whatever we're going to end up calling these extra 30 players and this other site off campus, I guess you could say? What, what are your thoughts on those guys and how they're going to get involved with this season? Yeah, I mean, I guess you have to have that many players because you need to play each other, right? So when they don't make the team, because everyone was talking about having like a taxi squad somewhere else. I'm like, well, they, they have to be near other players to be able to play baseball and to stay sharp. Um, so maybe that's why the rosters are 60-fold. You know, the, the, the options are that big. I was very surprised when I heard that it was up to 60 that you could have. But, um, you know, I think that this season is going to be a situation where nothing's normal, nothing makes sense. So we can either try it, enjoy it, uh, and, and think it's weird and embrace the quirkiness. Um, and, you know, these players are going to have to – they're also going to have to keep themselves safe. And they're going to have a lot more time on their hands than the major league players. So um, I guess they'll just be kind of happy to be there and hopefully stay out of harm's way. But you're talking about guys that are going to be paid like almost nothing and have to live somewhere else besides their hometown. 
um, and sit in, you know, a two-bedroom apartment with four teammates, you know, I, I don't know how that's going to go. We're talking to Allison Footer, reporter for MLB.com. Um, I covered Ian Desmond when I was in Washington. I think he's a great young man. Um, he, he did a, an amazing um, little blog on Instagram and opted not to come back and play. What has Major League Baseball done in recent years to, to try to – I know the RBI program, and I, and I kind of think that that's uh, just a, a little bit of window dressing and stuff. But what have they really done to address um, African-Americans, the dwindling numbers in Major League Baseball, um, and getting more kids in America to play? I mean, I, I'm behind him a 1,000%. I've said it for more than 10 years about it going down and down and down. Um, what does Major League Baseball actually do? to try to get more minorities, especially African-American kids, to play baseball? Yeah, it's just an ongoing process. It's an ongoing effort, um, and they are trying. I mean, I cover a lot of that stuff. I'm on the community and youth side. Um, they have urban youth academies all over the country, um, and they're trying to develop them into ballplayers. It's also there's an educational component to it. Um, and what they're trying to do is, is make the game something that you can play without these travel balls. It's, it's a fortune to play baseball now. These travel teams, and if you talk to major league players, current guys, that, you know, they're of the travel team era. They did not play other sports. It's only baseball. And, um, and, and major league baseball, is just, it's, a, it's just a constant effort to try to, to lure kids away from football and away from basketball and get them playing baseball. You know, the philosophy is if you get a bat and a ball in their hands, they're going to get hooked pretty quickly. Um, and they do. They have, I don't remember how many youth academies, and there'll be more coming. They have tournaments, constant tournaments, all spring and summer and part of the fall. Um, for kids of all ages, and and they're 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 trying. But Ian Desmond's right. I mean, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And if you look at the representation of managers, of minority managers, it's so small. Front offices, it's non-existent. Um, it's, there's a lot of work to do. So I'm glad these guys are speaking up because you know you can you can have somebody standing up there like the commissioner and talk you know all day long. Um, the, the impact comes from the actual players who have these feelings. And, and want to see some change. I totally agree with you that I think the majority of that problem is financial, but I do think that the beginning of that art, that conversation really about 20 years ago was interest. How much of do you think that the interest of just not, not just black community and youths at risk playing baseball, but kids in general and their interest of baseball versus the financial component, where do you think that lies in the conversation? Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of it too. And um, I mean, there's all ways that you can look at this because if you talk to some, you know, you, you can talk to CC Sabathia, um, and he's like, it doesn't matter if I can get a partial scholarship to play baseball. You know, full scholarships are just not really existent in baseball. He's like, I, it doesn't matter if you gave me a partial scholarship because I couldn't pay for the rest of it. Right. So if I hadn't been taken in, in the first round, if I hadn't been drafted high, I would have gone and played college football. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's that, too. I mean, there's at the college level that it's, it's not happening. Um, and so, yeah, and, and then there's also just from an interest standpoint, when you had, you know, so many black players in the 70s and 80s, and they were, uh, you know, role models to younger uh, players of color who wanted to grow up and be like them. And when you have such a small percentage today, um, you know, sparking that interest is a lot more challenging. 
Talking to Allison Footer from MLB.com, and I know it's the 100th year anniversary of the Negro Leagues, and you have a lot of the different videos up on your uh, Twitter. You can follow Allison, at Allison Footer. I, I had the pleasure of uh, interviewing Buck O'Neill and many other uh, Negro League players and stuff like that. Give me, give me a story of, of maybe one of the Negro League players that you've come across over your years of covering MLB. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I saw Buck O'Neill and it was it was just a couple of years before he died and I saw him at a like an all-star gala or something and I wanted to go up to him and and I didn't do it. And I'm so mad at him because he died like a year later. Right. Um and I you know, I've been to that museum many times you know when the Royals were in the World Series those couple of years we did a ton of events over at the Negro League Museum. I would encourage anybody to go visit if they're ever in KC. Um and Bob Kendrick who who runs the whole thing is just a wonderful person. Um, and yeah, I mean, Hank, I've been in the same room as Hank Aaron. Does that count? Because, uh, of course that counts. (laughs) (laughs) Or Willie Mays or anybody that's been in the Negro leagues. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I've been like around (laughs) Willie Mays, but I've actually like been really close to Hank Aaron, which is like really cool. Um, so (laughs) it's just, uh, you know, it's a slice of history when you go into the museum, um, it, you know, the, at the very end, you have to go through, the entire history to get to like the statues and to the names and to like the really cool stuff you want to take pictures of. And it's on purpose to go through and learn about what the players had to go through and what the league was all about. Um, and it's a part of our history that absolutely needs to stay alive and, and needs to, you know, be passed on to the next generation because we should never lose sight of what they, you know, what they went through and, and right. how ridiculous it is that, Black baseball players were not allowed to play in Major League Baseball until 1947. It's just, um, it's just an injustice. One of the quotes that has been going around the ESPN world lately is Buster only saying 0% chance of a World Series happening in 2020. Are you a little bit more confident than that? The bar's pretty low. I'm a little more confident. I'm just a little bit. Um, yeah, I think it's got a really good chance for the season to start. I'm not so sure that we're going to see an end to this thing, but... You, you just keep your fingers crossed. I'm not going to be that cynical, but I'm 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 leaning more toward that. I just don't. I just have a lot of questions how this thing is gonna is gonna turn out. Allison, as always, thank you so much for your time and and your insight. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on, guys. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.